Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Back chat off season still coming at you. Yes, that's right. Dan's doing wind sprints. He's got sandbags on his back. He's getting stronger and faster and better, aren't you, Dan? So strong, so fast. Welcome to 2023. You've got pretty big calves, though. Huge calves. Yeah, it's annoying when I have to buy a pair of jeans. Really? Yeah, because I'm short, and so you have to buy like shorter pants, but they're too small for my car. Anyway, it's okay. a whole no. deal. Oh, I'm interested. Uh, this is the back chat off season where we're bringing you some of the best stuff over the last year. That's right. Happy New Year. Mm. 2023. What's that song they sing? The Old Lang Syne. Yeah, do you know the words? Should all acquaintance yep. be forgotten. It's the uh, Melbourne theme song. It's just uh, different yeah, words. keep your eyes yeah. on the red and the blue. Yeah. yeah. You got it? Yeah. Oh, you think I was wrong? No, it's good. Keep going. There's a bit of angst here, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> Biffs, bumps, yeah. brawlers. That's right. Uh, we just thought, having a look back on the year, we had some big moments spoken about by multiple guests and they're the ones that people love watching. Yeah, they're fight, the- <laughs> fight, 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 fight. <laughs> that is correct. We had uh, Andrew Hembley actually features in almost all of these. <laughs> uh, his nickname, Whack, and that is genuinely <laughs> why. Uh, Andrew Hembley, Sean McManus, Matt Pavlich give their breakdown of the Demolition Derby. Um uh, Andrew Brayshaw, no, Hamish Brayshaw, Sam Mitchell and Hayden Ballantyne, would you believe, on the Gaff Brayshaw incident. And once again, Embley v. Chick, the dust up. Yes. I, I didn't realise how many people hadn't heard that story. So if you haven't heard it, it's probably worth another listen. Backchat Podcast, you know what to do. Backchatpodcast.com.au uh, forward slash merch if you want to buy some of that. Happy New Year to your favourite loved one. Uh, thanks to our <laughs> thanks to our supporters, our partners, Whippersnapper Whiskey, Margaret River Roasting Co., Blue Bet, Shelter Brewing Co., and Leadable Cameras. Thanks for being with us. Let's get stuck right into 2023. Let's go to the Demolition Derby. <laughs> uh, talk us through that. That's 2001. Yeah. So this is before your 2002 moment. Mm. Uh, I mean, you obviously got better at boxing because you looked a bit frightened out there in 2001. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I was the youngest kid out on the ground, right? This is this and is the this is the Michael Gardner Pavlich. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, um, Pavlich started that fight. You seen try to headbutt Michael Gardner's to, fist in to, the goal square <laughs> to begin the game? Come on, Pav, that was talking, unacceptable. Talking about frightened, <laughs> I would have been very scared out there. Anyway, it was. 
so the night before, I remember a guy called Craig Callahan. You know, he was on Fremantle's list, and uh, for some reason, I was at the Bass and uh, Swan Issues Football Club the night before. Like not. Not, not on the drink or anything like that, but I must have had a function. And and he came up to me and he said, mate, just be wary tomorrow. Like it's Because I knew him from the Bassendine days as well, Craig Callahan, And yeah. he planted the seed that oh, it's going to be on tomorrow. So it was, I think, the second last game of the 2001 season or 2000, was yeah, it? Yeah, 2001. Anyway, it was some, yeah. Yeah, sometime around then. Charlie. And and so that sort of didn't think too much of at the time, but um, in hindsight, obviously, it was something that was premeditated. And when I go and, you know, do a couple of functions now with a few of the ex-Frio guys, in particular, Sean McManus, who just says, you know, that was a line in the sand for Fremantle that particular day. So um, spot fires happening everywhere. I, I've never, ever, you know, sort of been scared on the footy field. Um, you know, you never sort of think about it too much. But I reckon thinking back to that particular Day. It was one of those games where, you know, you, you felt like, you know, you, it was it was like in a fight in the street because there was just spitfires, as I said, going on. Could, could have everywhere. been from anywhere. Yeah. So the I was part of the obviously the, the melee. Um, I'm not sure if people know this, but I think there was something like 18 players from that game were either suspended or fined. Um, fined. And I was one of the 18, right? And I was the only bloke, right? <laughs> That actually went to the tribunal and fought it, right? So <laughs> I've gone in there. I've gone in there, right? Because there's vision, right? There's vision. So I'm standing there with, um, I think, Clem Michael, right? And then suddenly, someone. It might have actually been Clem Michael, actually, who come and just drop me from behind. You know, like, yeah, come on, mate, face me up, you know, <laughs> and get me from behind. So I've gone down. Anyway, so I've been done two thousand bucks for a melee. Yeah. Now I've gone to tribunal. Now I, I'm second year at the club, right? I had planned with that $2,000 to go to Bali for the end-of-season football trip, right? That's suddenly taken that away from me. So I need that 2000 bucks. So I've gone there, right? And I've sat down, and I've shown the big screen of me getting bashed on the ground. You right? took your own footage in? I've, I've, I've shown it to them. I'm on the ground. I've three blokes on me, right? Three Fremantle guys, right? Double my age, trying to pick on the 18-year-old. I still had them, right? But anyway, yeah. um, and I've said to them, I said, how's, how's that a melee? I mean, have a look at me. Yes. And obviously they felt sorry for me and guess what you got the off. only person that got off right <laughs> so guess what two weeks later I was in Bali with the two <laughs> <laughs> so I was pumped yes. <laughs> but I reckon then the club uh, all the boys actually find me in kangaroo court for the only person that jumped ship so I ended up probably losing the 2000 bucks anyway absolutely so. chuck that at a $5 fine on the yeah. fine <laughs> so, so you reckon the directive came from like Fremantle coaching just to <laughs> throw some Throw the weight around. Like, well, how, do you, how do you instruct the team what, 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 to go what, for a fight? What year is this, Charlie? What are we, what are we, what are we talking? What year is this? 2000. 2000. 2000, yeah. okay. 2000 demolition derby. Yes. This is a long time ago, Dan. Yeah. So yeah. that sort of stuff did happen back in yeah. the day. No, Shawnee Mag, if you ever get him on, actually, you know what? See if you can get him on the show one day because he's a cracking right. fella and he'll Done. come and do it. And ask him, he tells the great story from the Fremantle perspective. Like, he was a line in the sand. They knew they were coming out. Yeah, he might have said that Guardy started it, but there was a clear intention that uh, the Fremantle, in their eyes, were the, the little bros that were getting beaten up, and they said, listen, we are not going to stand for this any longer. Um, um, yeah, okay. That's very so good. That's very good. And the only man in the, the uh, 2000 Demolition Derby to yeah, get off to and get to get escape off. with $2,000. <laughs> I, did you have a legal representation, or did you just walk in there by yourself oh, in a suit? And I reckon the club would have um, That's good helped me out. That's but, good. Uh, I swear to God, I wasn't fighting. I was just getting beaten look. up. Look, oh, sh- look at the vision I said to him. Two thousand is demolition derby. 
Um, having played under quite a few captains, usually when things like that happen or a team comes out quite physical, it's either the coach or the captain that drives it. It's not, yep. it's not the shit kickers down the bat like me going, <laughs> let's, let's fight them. It's, it's driven by leadership. So yeah. what are your reflections? Did, did you have much to do with driving that or did that just start? Ember said you might have some decent reflections on the day. Yeah, yeah, I do. So what happened in the lead-up to it, I did a press conference. So I'd like to say I've not seen it, um, in, in, you know, I don't know how many years ago. That was a long fucking time. But anyway, I did a press conference and through conversations with the coaches at the time, we're going to come out and be as physical as fuck. So I uh, made a point of referencing this is going to be the hardest game. We're going to draw, draw a line in the sand. Really? It's going to be physical. It's going to be all that shit. So then we had conversations, obviously, leading up to the game that um, there are no rules. Yeah, if you get involved in a fight or if it just happens to come about, there's going to be no rules here and you can just go for your life. Right. Doesn't matter but Damien Drummond denied this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that they had – I think the club had a thing that was saying whether this is – they definitely Say gave you an idea – that if you were fined, that there was going to be a coterie group would help us out with the payment to the AFL. Right. Did yeah. that happen? No, of course not, mate. I've got fucking fine a shitload. <laughs> not one cent. Not em- one cent. Embers, Embers maintains he was the only bloke in the entire demolition derby that challenged his fine <laughs> and he got off. He oh, wanted, he got off, oh, yes. He wanted to go to the footy trip. Yes, he wanted to go to the footy trip. He was a young bloke. 2000 bucks for Bali. Yeah. So he challenged it, got his 2000 bucks back and then got to spend it on the bar at Bali. Oh, how so much, my, my fine was four and a half grand. I was, I was the highest one because I'd been done for Malays in the past. So you got, you know, you got a right. thing. Bad record. I'd, you had a rap yeah, I'd, I'd, I've never hit any, well, never got suspended ever, but a few Malays along the way. But anyway, we get, so we start that game. And obviously people see the highlight, oh, before we go out in the ground, you know, Damien Drone's speaking to me and Fletch and he's going, you know, make sure if any of the young guys get in, you're fucking in there flying the flag. Um, just fucking make sure it's super physical and, you know, smash in as hard as you can with that. I remember this so clearly. Heath Black, and he's only a young guy at the time. He comes in, he goes, excuse me, Drummy. He goes, yeah, I was just going to let you know I'm going to smack um, Phil Matera. <laughs> I've not told this to Phil. He's a good bloke. I love Phil, actually. Yeah. I love him. Just going to let you know. Yeah, just going to let you know. And anyway, in the first qu- – I think it was the first quarter, Heath Black did his groin and never played after that. And he f- – and and Phil Material was going to wear one right in the, f- in the Chevy Chase. Wow. He would have been belted. Wow. Absolutely. But the game starts where you see that um, Mickey Gardner and Pav dancing uh, in the, the goal jabs. square together. The jabs, yeah. That was hilarious. And then it gets involved later on. Pav didn't quite know what he was doing. No, nah, no. Nah, no, nah, that was <laughs> hilarious, wasn't it? <laughs> Just trying to fucking sweat his hands off, and that'd be scary because yeah. Ember spoke about it like it wasn't like a footy game; it was like a street fight. It was, yeah, it was. So then we had, uh, yeah, we had a big melee, and um, that started, and everyone just piled in, absolutely piled in. Because you bikes had no rules. Yeah, we had, we were allowed to get involved, and that was just a perfect opportunity to um, jump in. And Phil Reed was seemed to be the guy that everyone was picking on. Right, go fuck this. We're getting into Phil Reed here, and um, why Phil Reed? <laughs> I don't know. He, he seemed to piss everybody off, and I'm an Asian man on boy, and so was he. But he was the first guy I got into a headlock and on, on the ground, and then later on, Dale Kiggett belted him a few times, and then Brad Dodd punched him in the head and got two weeks for that as well. Obviously, Dale got seven or nine weeks or something along those lines. It was pretty hectic, and then we all had to front the tribunal the next day. The game was a fucking beauty because what happened is the Eagles at half time or in the third quarter were up by. 36 points, I reckon, six goals. And then we came back. We got a couple of bits of momentum going our way. And then Troy Cook ran through Mitchell White like you've never seen. You've got to see the replay of this thing. He fucking killed him. 
It was unbelievable. Troy Cook was hot, you know, he was hard as his table, hard as hard as the walls. And the ball was between Mitchell White coming out from the back line, deep in the um, Subiaco end of Subiaco Oval, and the ball just went over Cookie's head. And so Troy Cook's running, and Mitchell White's running. You can see one person is running harder than the other. And Troy just cannons into him and just fucking flattens him, gets the ball, handballs at someone, and we kick a goal to bring it within three goals. And then the, the whole joint, the roof's just coming off the joint. Yes. We are just up and about. So it's a free home game. Coming. Free home game? Yep. I'm pretty sure it was a free home game. Kept fight, kept wrestling people, kept fighting, um, and uh, got to the last bit. And um, yeah, there was a. Oh, there must have been under a minute to go, and we had a boundary throw in at West Coast End in the Perth City End, which was where your old change rooms used to run out of, Will. Yep. There was a boundary throw in there, and I remember standing next to Benny Cousins, and I was going, fuck, hell, this game's been unbelievable, and, he, and he's smiling his head you off. Talk, you talk. I'm talking to him, because it's just, you know, it's just, fucking, it's just been a mental game, and, and, it's, and we're one point in front, and sure enough, within, I don't know, 20 seconds or so, I think we got a second ball up in that area and um, the siren went. We all went bananas. Yeah, were, there, so cool. were you giving words after the siren to the to West Coast yeah, boys? No, we weren't. Like, like, like I said, just getting to that point of the game, um, you know, seconds out from the from the end, I don't know how long to go, and I'm talking to Ben in a positive way because it was just funny. Like, it, in reflection, it was a fucking mad game. It yeah. was an absolute corker. So there was no hard feelings after that, or was it? I don't think so. No, <laughs> not, I don't think not, so. Not from the free on it. We won. Who gives a shit? Feelings. It was. It was funny though when we turned up to the um, tribunal on the Monday or Tuesday, whenever it was. So you, you just go into the city and they do that um, video link call and all the rest of it. Anyway, so we're all in there. Heaps of people from LA's and whatever. Dale Kiggett's in there for striking. Brad Dodd's in there for striking. All on Phil Reed. Phil Reed walks in. He's got two black eyes. Oh. It looked. He'd been, he'd been Massacre. smashed. Yeah, poor fella. Do you remember the following derby after that? Was there like a feeling the like repercussion? Yeah, we're, we're going to cop yeah. it. Like we no, nah, there wasn't any. There wasn't any repercussions at that stage. To be honest, there was a period not long after that. Physically, we thought we had it over um, the Eagles. So the Eagles had a star-started midfield for a, a great period with Daniel and um, Juddy and Ben um, Braun. Embers was obviously a great fucking star player for them. So that was an unreal midfield. But we had some real, um, I guess, blue collar. Josh Carr and Matthew Carr, and they want to fight everyone, obviously, all the yes. time. Cookie's hard as fuck. You know, Belly's our captain in there. Um, I'm playing on the wing and stuff like that. But we um, we had a really good period against them because we believed, um, whilst that they were a talent, much ta- more talented bunch, that we would be able to scrap them to death, you know. When we walk out there, Matthew Carr playing on Ben Carson, he's like, fuck this cunt. You get walk past him, knee him in the leg, you know. There's all this. Yeah. The boy, Those boys, the Carr brothers in particular, were really hard out. So was Heath Black, and and uh, they loved to walk out in those games. And, you know, um, I remember when Ben first got his tattoo, such as life on his chest, and the boys found out at this before. No one knew about this in the public. And and we're doing the warm-up, and call a couple of us in and goes, if... Um, as, as soon as we get the opportunity and we get to tackle Ben Cousins, just fucking rip his shirt off. And we're like, what? He's got a fucking tattoo. You think he's a fucking bikey. Let's just get him to the ground, rip his fucking shirt off. And, and that has happened time after time in the first half. Everyone's just fucking wrenching out his jumper <laughs> up, the T-shirt, so you can see his tattoo and were just they launching it? into were it. They oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. They, they were using all, all, all the uh, – everything you could do to make sure we got under his skin. But, yeah, Dan, that was, um, that was a pretty good period anyway through that part. It was always nice uh, beating West Coast, and was that was it was a rivalry real? Like yeah. we've had, we've had you know, Pinky Barlow, Hayden Ballantyne on. 
It was real. Yeah, it definitely was real. I, I think there was – I mean, I played across 17 years, so, like, um, there was probably different kind of – it ebbed and flowed, I think, in terms of my second der- ever derby was the Demolition Derby. Was that when they were wearing that jumper there? Yep. <clears throat> yeah, so yeah, you know, Gardy. Imagine Michael Gardner in that. Yeah, Gardy comes out throwing haymakers at me. Um, Can you remember that? Can you tell us? Like, you well, know, so you were Ga- young, right? Yeah, I was eighteen. Um, and and Gardy had been out with a shot. I mean, both teams at that year had um, had a really poor season. The you know, bottom bottom sort of half of the ladder, and. Um, Gardy had been out with a shoulder injury and he had this big, you know, he could hardly kind of move it. He was sort of strapped to to, to all, all sorts. And I went down, I was playing full back and he was playing full forward and I went down and bumped his shoulder. It was like, you know, he's been out, let's just test, see what's going on. And then he just started throwing punches. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. And I just couldn't get anywhere near him because he's got such a long reach and, and plus I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and then I remember slipping over, which I think kind of helped me because by that stage there was a free kick given away and there was another spot fire. And then like just I, I would still remember like visibly seeing – the the one that happened early in that first quarter where Dale started going berserk and there was just this all in and I remember standing at like full forward going, What do we do here? What happens? <laughs> it's sort of just running. The rules? But like yeah, there were no rules. There was just like and then it was crazy that game. And then you know, we win by a point. I actually got yeah. knocked out later in the game for a different reason. Um Ash McIntosh ran through me, um kind of it was just it was no rules that game. Um so that was that was intense. I landed in an intense like we hate them. Yeah. We need to beat them kind of thing. And then it, I think it it probably mellowed slightly for a little period, and then it heated up again. When did you arrive at the club? Oh six, oh seven, oh seven, oh yeah. seven, end of oh six. So when the Car Brothers, yep, yeah, you know, there's that sort of derby. Yeah, um, Shawnee Max spoke about that on yep. the podcast. Basically, he was captain, I think co-captain, and he talked about a meeting before that game where they basically where's going to fight them. Yeah, well, it was, it was about it was like okay, there's a fair bit of noise going around. It like we're just going to go verbally and physically at every opportunity here. Yeah. So at that point in time, obviously pretty well known what was going on, but it was just like you know what, it's time to kind of so yeah, it kind of went through these, and then I don't really think I can't really like from 2010 onwards until when I retired, there was maybe a few moments but it was more just we wanted to beat each other it wasn't necessarily well what was your view I well yeah no it was real it was real like I remember playing in my first derby and it was and it was such a step above in 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 intensity like it was as close to a final as you would get yeah. in a regular season well would you agree with that 100% I, I remember like my first one I remember sort of like you and with Guardy but I was coming off the top of the I was sort of a high half back and just running into the first contest and there was just bodies just like men smacking. I was like, yeah. what is going on? Like, yeah. same thing. I was like, I don't know. You were saying that at a fight. I was looking at the football game. Like, <laughs> what is going on? I remember one, you and I just, I hadn't written it down, but um, I was, at one stage of my career, I was allowed to kick out. They, they, they used yeah. to, I was the designated kicker. Not sure what Extra I was thinking. Yeah, probably potentially when we won the wooden spoon in 2010, somewhere there. <laughs> um, and and I'd, I missed one. It was early in a derby. <clears throat> Kicked it straight down um, a Freo player's throat. Behind. All right, here's your chance to redeem yourself. Hit another player, hit another <laughs> Frio player straight up. Behind, missed the second set uh-huh. shot. Brad Shepard, an 18 year old, comes up. He goes, Scully, give me. I'm like, get the fuck away from me right now. I get it. I kick it as far as I can. It's a turnover straight over my head. Goal. Goal. So three in a row. And I was playing on you that day. And I just, 
it's probably similar to my. I just thought, well, if I can't, if I can't hit targets, if I can't, I'm just going to fight. So I just grabbed Pav <laughs> and just started fighting Pav. <laughs> Eric McKenzie's come over to save me because Pav's a bigger man than me. He thought, yeah. so easy takes over with Pav. Easy I can't got, remember this. Eric got uh, he either got suspended or a fine. He, uh, Michael Johnson came in. He he punched someone. Punched oh, someone. He was bleeding. Really, yeah. You and I, you were probably trying Wrestling. to get out. Of it. I was. I started it and then I just <laughs> ran off. <laughs> So, so that's probably as close, but that wasn't a hatred. It was, it was <laughs> just a, more turning the ball over. Yeah, <laughs> it was, you know. No, but uh, yeah, and the, the, walking around the street as well, like you, you were, it was almost you couldn't quarantine yourself from you know oh, smash them this week or oh, you know go the Eagles or whatever it may have been. Like it was hard to kind of escape that intensity just because you're walking around, you're getting your coffee or you you know you're going into the supermarket. So you kind of had the internal chat of we want to smash them physically and on the scoreboard and then you had the external like heat of it um and then yeah if you turn if, if you make a few mistakes it's a good way of distracting yourself from uh, the mistakes yes, by starting correct, to blue correct. and then get out of it don't get fine <laughs> yeah, and then you're good. all good i'm really actually conscious of like talking about your brothers and not oh, you. i don't care no, better than me. yeah <laughs> well, so much better than me yeah but i mean it's actually your story they'll want but a big moment is like you're playing on the list with andrew gaff you're yep. all mates you play golf oh, together, yeah, of course. Here we go. and then there's a big big incident right your belts brother him in the head <laughs> andrew gaff belts him in the head gets suspended for eight weeks yep. misses that that's that's probably not long after the adsy moment Honestly, uh, yeah, a couple of probably, weeks yeah, later. probably a few weeks later. Actually, that was another time he spoke to me. Anyway, no, we'll leave that. Well, okay, so that's a difficult position for you to be in. Yes. I don't want to speak about Andrew. Yep, but like that's a difficult position for you to be in. You, yep. You're the teammate of a bloke that's hit your brother. Yeah. Like in normal society, you're down at the pub and someone whacks your brother. You, you just belt him. Yeah, down. yeah. So how do you recall that sort of little? It period? was yeah, very very interesting couple of weeks really. So he. It was such an innocuous on-field incident that it was just like off the ball and Andrew, Gaffey had dominated the first half and having spoken to Andrew after, it was like Ross had said, you've got to tag him on the wing. Yeah. So Andrew's checking him off the ball and like trying to stop his runs, stop stop his influence on the game. And Wouldn't have been the first time that happened to Andrew. Yeah, Gaffey. exactly. Like he said, It would have happened to him. He's played 200 games at this yeah. point. And anyway, it's just... I remember watching the footage back and it was a check at a stoppage and Gaffey had done the same thing, thrown his arm, but like hit him in the stomach and it was like just trying to get him off, shaked him, pushed away, running down the wing, the ball's on the other side, Andrew, my brother Andrew, has pushed him, Gaffey has tried to push back, Andrew's gone to push him again and when you push someone, you sort of drop down a level to then get set your feet and push and as he's dropped that level to swing and push, Gaffey has thrown the hand that's got him in the jaw he's on the floor, he's come off and he's bleeding and whatever. And I'm in the player's box watching and everyone's like, oh, he's dropped like a sack of potatoes, he's got a glass jaw, all the rest of it. And then about no more than probably five minutes later, the footage came out on AFL.com of this, the actual hit and everyone's got their phones up looking at it and showing me. And I'm thinking, oh, geez, this is um, like this is – and the footage of him, I think it's a, a photo with him and Ken Withers, the Freo doctor, walking off. And he got like his hand on his face with a mouth the towel and just pissing Full blood out of his yeah. mouth. Yeah, so he was in a world of hurt. He was crying at that point, and just like <laughs> you thought it, you'd put that in the <laughs> yeah. you didn't have just, to oh, say that. Right, right. little brother. I think he was crying, <laughs> gutless. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, he's walking off, and everyone, it's like, wow, this is um, a bit more than just like a an off field incident. And it hadn't happened 
since like Barry Hall even. Like yeah. since a, a big hit like that hadn't happened in a long, long time. Probably who who belted did Goldstein belt someone or I don't know. Tyrone Vickery Tyrone, hit Tyrone Dan Vickery. Cox. Hit Dan Cox played that in that was game. Ruck. Yeah, there we Started go. and <coughs> continued my still to this day hatred of Tyrone Vickery. Like yeah. RIP, I suppose. Yeah, there well there you go. So that it hadn't happened in a long time as a big hit and it dawned on us after about 10 minutes in the box that it was a big hit and it had gone from, oh, playful jokes, your brother's got a glass jaw, to, oh, actually, something could be wrong. This is awkward. <clears throat> yeah, and I got a call from mum and she was in hysterics. She was at the game and it was like, we're in the ambulance, we're on the way home, we're going. And I remember thinking like, oh, geez, this is, um, this is a bit awkward. Like, Gaffy's out there and he's just belted my brother. And I know I was pretty good mates with Gaffy at the time. I came to the club, not many people played golf. He did. I'd played a lot of golf with him and we were pretty good mates. And so <clears throat> I remember thinking, like, Gee, that's just so out of character for him to do it. And I remember watching the clip probably five times that at the game and all that's all I needed. And I was like, Andrew has definitely dropped a level here to push him. And so the hit was not, in my mind, and other people might think differently, in my opinion, the hit was not intended for his face. It was for the chest. As That's a normal footy act to get someone who's annoying the shit out of you to get off. And so I have... Just like I well, he hit him in the face, but it was a complete accident. So that's that was my ruling pretty early on. Yeah. After the game, Gaffy was just like in hysterics. He was just sort of head in his hand. Walking. It was like that in the game because I was on the I done my hammy that game. And I was on the bench, and because I was on the bench, you don't have you don't have the phones with you. Yeah. And I remember I was sitting. So there's that footage of there's footage of him like hand like shaking yeah. his head on the bench, and Simo's next to him. I'm next to Simo. Yeah. And. For the whole quarter, I was like, Gaffy, get your shit together. Like, yeah, what's, what's going, going on, on, mate? Like, and he's like, just, just inconsolable. Like, you could not, I've never seen someone like that on the bench. And I thought, I didn't know what had happened. People yeah. were booing. Oh, I didn't know for the whole quarter. Yeah. He, he went back out there in the second half or in the back half of the third and then the fourth quarter. And at three quarter time, having mates on the other side, it was like Ross Lyon was trying to hold everyone back. We've spoken like, to Ballantyne on this podcast about Yeah. It. They were like, Trying to wild animals. Yeah, they were like, I just want to. Get, we want to go out there and kill Andrew Gaff. And Ross was having to sort of say, "Boys, we're still trying to play this derby and whatever." And so there's that one where Gaffy gets the ball kicked out on the wing, and he's running onto this loose ball, and it's Ballantyne. I think Brady Gray, yeah, running at him, yep. and he gets this ball, and it's just in the position where like you can't be weak and pull out. You have to get this ball. Gets it and kicks it. Two seconds later, just bang, absolutely clobbered by these two blokes who just wanted to kill him. And so I feel bad for him in that sense, but like he also belted my brother. So, but uh, anyway, that was, it was pretty quickly. I was like, he didn't do it on purpose. I don't, like, I'm still his friend and it doesn't bother me that much. I know that he's okay because I got a phone call from mum saying, we're going to hospital. His teeth, his jaw's broken, his teeth are pushed back, but he'll be fine. So I was like, who cares about him? (laughs) Gaffy will be right. (laughs) Andrew will be right, but Gaffy is. Obviously in a bit of trouble. So I remember saying to him after the game, I was like, "I don't worry about it, mate. Like, it's he, he's okay. I said to him after the game in the rooms, so I was like, he's off to hospital, but he's okay. And so I think that was the first time he'd heard of it. So he was, he was you know, thanks, mate. Anyway, what, was that a Saturday game? Oh, testing me there. Yeah, because it was a couple of days. Saturday like, game. Yeah. Saturday <coughs> or Sunday, yeah. So Saturday, I remember seeing Andrew that night. He'd gone to... All the hospitals were closed at this point. He had to get someone to open up a room to come and 
work on his mouth. And I don't know if anyone's ever heard this story before, but like... That's what we're here for. Yeah, breaking news. He went in and it was like, because no one was there, they couldn't get an anaesthetist in time to put him completely under. And the doc was like, mate, this could either... You can you can sit here for three hours while we wait for this guy to come and put you under, or I can just give you a lot of local around your mouth and I'll just do it. And he's like, jab me up, doc. So Andrew got about eight local injections around his mandible, around here, and... The doc just reached in and wrenched his teeth back in place. Oh. So they were all, if you've seen, there's a photo of him in the back of an ambulance with his teeth like all pushed in here. And the doctors jabbed him up all around here so he couldn't feel a thing and just went, ripped him back into place, wired him up and sent him on his way. Under local. <clears throat> Under local. Under a lot of Jeez. local. Yeah, Enough but, local but, to put down a yeah, horse. Yeah, but you, you do that 99 out of 100 under general anesthetic. You're asleep. Yeah, under more, probably 999 out of 1,000. He was a one-off. Wow. But, so they've done it under local. They've refit, set his teeth and, and wired him up. And I saw him that night, and it was like, he's okay. So I know his teeth look funny, and he's got a braces almost, sort of a wire shutting his jaw. So he's all right. And then two days later, I see Gaffy at the club, and I'm thinking, I, I like to break ice with humour as we saw with Adzi so <laughs> and you're good I'm, at it very yeah, good at it. awesome at it <laughs> works so, every time works every time so I'm just sort of there thinking like right I, I know Andrew's okay I know Andrew Gaff is just distraught at this point he's getting slagged in the media about he's a thug whatever and I know he's a nice guy I know he in my opinion he didn't mean to do it so I'm thinking how can I go about making his life what would have been rubbish like how can I just ease the tension a little bit so I think, right, it'll be a good idea on Monday going in to meet him. He was going back to Melbourne on Tuesday because he was going to get go to the tribunal and then he was done for the rest of the year. So he went back to Melbourne for about a month. All right, right, put my mouth guard in. <laughs> Sounds bad already. Put the mouth guard, put the I don't mouth, even know where you're going. Put with the you. mouth guard in. I'm stressed. Walk, boxing gloves on. Oh, mouth guard in, boxing gloves on. Walked into the medical room where he was doing his Monday review. <laughs> and I was like... Let's go, mate. Let's settle it. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, I just imagine Gaffy's reaction. He would not have he found was, that. Funny. He did not find it funny. And I was like, mate, I, I, pretty cool. seeing his reaction, I was like, mate, it's okay. He's fine. His teeth are all right. Don't worry about it. And he was like, oh, thanks, man. And I went up to him and sort of shook his hand. And that was the last I saw of him for like four, four weeks. But, yeah, I, I was pretty quickly like, my brother's okay. I'm friends with this guy who is in real struggle, struggle, struggle town. Yeah. And trying to make him feel a little bit better about himself. You can answer this or not. What was the um, uh, vibe in the coach's box like when Gaff um, hit Brayshaw? Was it an oh shit or was it like a <coughs> confusion? Uh, my only memory of it was that we didn't, you didn't see it because it was um, not right. It wasn't live. So, it wasn't right in our eyesight or on the vision. And you're watching the game. You're looking at different aspects. As a coach, you do miss a lot of the game. I know that sounds funny, but you're as a midfield coach, you're just watching the midfield. So you rarely see a goal scored. Um, and as a backline coach, you don't probably see any goal scored except for the opposition because you're always looking at your own area. Um, and the only person who saw it was one of our analysts who had the vision and was rewinding and looking at the um, the broadcast vision that you see at home on your on your television. And he said, oh, this is not good. We better be careful with how we handle this. And then showed someone else the vision and, and making sure that, that Gaffey was going to be okay for the rest of that game and et cetera. So at the time, you just have so many other things to do that you're really focused on the moment. Um, as a head coach, you have to have all those bigger picture things 
in your mind. Um, but as a as a as a midfield coach, it didn't make a huge influence on the way I coached that day. Probably a sour note: the Andrew Gaff, Andy Brayshaw incident in or oh, twenty. What was that? 2018 or not? 18 it was, yeah. 18, it was. It was 2018. Premiership, um, yeah. Yeah. That, uh, I mean, that was a big moment. It's not a good one, but you're involved in that pretty pretty closely. Yeah, it was. I was actually on the bench when it happened, and um, Lockie Neal said Gap just belted Andy, and Andy was on the deck. And I, again, I said, like I was saying before, I was like, nah. No, because I played footy with, uh, with Gaffy over in Ireland for the international rules, and he's the most placid nicest bloke you'll ever meet like b- barely says boo and i thought nah no chance like if you look at the swing like he he can't even he doesn't even know how to punch let alone you know actually landing one <laughs> and then he's actually he, he did he just attacked took a wild swing and you know i don't think he actually intentionally meant it but he got him and um yeah he was we were out for blood and um i'll never forget ross i said to ross can i get him and Ross looked at me like he wanted to say yes, and he said no, don't, don't, dirty your name. So um, yeah, I had to keep me fist to myself, and um, I still lined him up. I ended up breaking my thumb trying to line him up off the, coming in off the square, but um, it was wasn't it wasn't a great day for me. So Ross, Ross, the boss has said no, you can't get him, but you've tried to anyway. What what was what was said at three quarter time? I'll give you my perspective at the end of all this, but I'm interested to know sort of. What were the discussions from the Frio side? Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was. Um, we were all told what happened, and um, you know, we were to go out there and you know stand up for our for our teammate, our brother. So, um, you know, when I said let me get him, I wanted to go out and have a proper beer fight. It was pretty bad what happened, and we were going out there to have a proper go. But Ross, um, yeah, wouldn't let us. No, no demo derby, two point there was a couple. There was a couple of the boys still stood up for you know the Freo lads still stood up for Andy. It wasn't like you you know said oh no worries Ross we we're not going to stick up for him. You're still within the rules, you know. Few hard tackles, few boys target him for most of the game. That was it. We still try to keep within the rules. You know we didn't we didn't want to get a bad reputation as you know as thugs or anything. So um, we weren't going to let it slide, but we weren't going to um, overstep the mark too much. And that was that was pretty much all because of uh, Ross's words. So I was, um, <clears throat> I played that game, I did my hammy in the, uh, in the first quarter and I was on the bench too. And I, the first I knew about it, you know, it was the Frio side of the crowd were booing Gaffy every time he got near the ball. And I couldn't, I couldn't figure out what had happened. So the actual communication to our side of the bench, I didn't know what had happened until three quarter time. And, yeah. um, and, and that like, God's honest truth, like that's what was sort of going on. I was like, what, what's happened? And then I had the same reaction as you, and you're spot on. Gaffy, if I had to name out of 45 blokes on West Coast list at that time, he would be the 45th bloke to have done that. And so yeah. that's why, you know, although it, it clearly wasn't an, an accident in terms of, you know, it didn't, you know, it, it hit him in the head, but it, it, it didn't go out going, oh, I'm going to punch on with someone. Like he's just the most placid human being you'll ever come across in your life. So the way it sort of went down was just strange from my point of view. It was like I've never seen anything like it. But then I guess, you know, at the time I was really fired up. I couldn't get out there and defend Gaffy because he was my teammate. You, you got someone getting targeted by an opposition. No matter what's happened, you're going to stand up for them. So I was 
all riled up on the bench, wanting to go out there and probably fight you, Bellas, and fight everyone else who was targeting Gaffey. But, you know, looking back on it now, and I was, you know, pretty defensive of him in the media that week and, you know, as I would. But looking back on it now, I can respect what the Freo players did as well. Like if if one of our first-year players, our, our number one draft pick, uh, got, you know, effectively king hit by mm-hmm. a Freo player, I'm sure I'm sure just as bad, if not worse, would have happened from our side. So I, I saw a lot of commentary around from, you know, different supporters. Oh, you know, Freo fans and Freo players shouldn't be doing this. Like, you boys were just standing up for your mate. I think any other team or players would have done the same thing. Like, I, it was a bloody hard situation to watch, though. I, I, it was a strange one, really. 100%. And, and you know, when you're within a footy team, you would literally do just about anything. When you're on the park, you'd do anything. doesn't matter if you like that every one of your teammates. Like, there were teammates out there that I, that I didn't really get on with, but... They had the same colour jersey on as me, so they they were they were my brothers for that that game and that day. And you just stick up for them. And Andy Brayshaw is he's he's, a, he's similar to Gaffy, probably a bit more outspoken than Gaffy, but similar. Nicest nicest bloke, you know, would do anything anything for you. And um, yeah, seeing him go down like that, it um, yeah made a few of the boys' blood boil. Yeah. The funny we, thing was, we, I got fined. Yeah. I got about five grand worth of fines that game, and he actually he actually messaged me and offered to pay my fines for that game for sticking up for him. That's that's what he said. He's, that's the kind of person he is. Who, yeah. Andy, Andy Brayshaw yeah, did? Andy Brayshaw, yeah, rang me and said, um, I'll, offered to pay my fines. I said, no, nah, mate, I should have took it. Though. Wow, so, that's amazing. Yeah. Two thousand seven was my first year. Yep. Um, so I got to the club at the end of two thousand six and like walked into this elite environment of mm. training, right? Mm. But then clearly there was other things happening uh, off the field that was pretty well publicised. Uh, but one thing, one thing I do remember that you were directly involved with was a was a dust up with Chicky at, at the club. <laughs> I, I wanted to speak about it because I was there. <laughs> I was I was at the club when it happened. There wasn't oh, many people there. Nah, yeah, yeah, okay. So 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 basically, it was on a day off, right? And I'll let Embers <laughs> tell his story, however what you want to get into it. But the young boys at the time, and this is a first year player, used to come in on the day off and do weights. I was still trying to get get a chin up without getting some help and trying to do a bench <laughs> press of sixty kilos. And we we're all in there working out. So I was in the gym. Um, I think James Thompson was in the change rooms. It was one of the one of the boys was in the yeah. change rooms when a couple of Premiership players effectively what what what, what went on? Because I, I just remember being an absolute shit show at the club. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, this has just happened. What is going on, mate? They were talking about Stephen May and Jake Melksham the other day, and I said, "What bloody idiots would fight their own teammates?" <laughs> I said, "Didn't you get to fight with one of your teammates?" Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I think we're starting to. Um, yeah, unraveled a little bit at West Coast. And I remember this particular day, like I was getting a massage. Um, it was a Monday, I was getting a massage in the nude, right, and lying down. And Chicky just comes in, right, and just starts throwing haymakers, like just whacking me. I'm, I'm going, what the? You know, anyway, so a few guys have pulled him all off. And uh, <laughs> and and then I, I nothing sort of happened at the time. I just, you know, said, mate, you're an idiot, et cetera. And then I went home that night and I, and I remember I called Curry and I said, mate, he said, don't worry about it. Let's go out for dinner. We'll have a couple and we'll just, you know, forget about it. So I went out for dinner with Daniel and sort of had a couple and a couple more and a couple more. So it was a Monday and then day off was a Tuesday. Yep. 
And anyway, after so about ten o'clock, I just like, I lost it. I said, you know, no, nah, that's it. No, nah, let's find him. Let's, 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 let's belt him now. So so and <laughs> oh, so I end up calling Chicky about ten o'clock on the Monday night. Hindsight, of course, I shouldn't have done this. And I give him a really after um, some beers, after a few red wines, yeah. um, uh, some explicits. And basically, in a nutshell, just told him, you're gutless, you're weak. You don't want to do it properly. Let's put the gloves on, put the mouth guard in, and we will meet tomorrow morning and we'll just box on properly. You want to do, you know. So anyway, went to his uh, message bank. He never picked up. But I did say, 7 a.m. sharp. Sharp. (laughs) (laughs) At the club. At at the club. At the club. At the club. (laughs) Following morning, right? So uh, anyway, um, Went to sleep. <laughs> Both men of your word, clearly. Went to sleep. Woke up the next day. Realised, oh, that's right. I've left a, uh, a message on Chicky's phone. The least I can do is rock up there. So I rock and up apologize, there. And apologise or are you ready to fight? No, nah, fight. Please. <laughs> 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 so anyway, I rocked up there at 7am in the morning. Uh, maybe at 5.2, looked around. No Chicky. Said, oh, okay, that's all good. So I went and jumped in the spa, do a, do a recovery. Like the professional guy that enters this, you know. <laughs> anyway. Sweat out the warrants. I've, uh, as I'm walking back into the change rooms, next thing I see Chicky come storming in, right? 7 a.m. in the morning, no one around. I'm going, oh, okay. Anyway, Chicky's come in. We're in our, in our sort of our change rooms. The locker rooms. Uh, locker rooms, right? And then before you knew it, mate, it is on. Like, me and Chicky are just throwing them. Like, just completely just... And I, I mean, it's... it's Pretty vague after that, but I remember then suddenly it was UFC and we're going into lockers and was like was just going bouncing around and was just totally don't recommend fighting your teammate. But um, and then somehow you know obviously did you do we do we pulling me off? Pete Worsfold was Pete Worsfold, so John Worsfold's brother. Yeah, yeah. pulled us in. off. And then, and then that was basically it. So you never got the boxing gloves on? No, yep. we didn't have time to get mouth guard in. It was bare knuckles, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was horrible. And, uh, and then anyway, we, we sort of chatted. Because, like, everyone goes, well, why'd you do it? You know, why'd you fight? And it was, you know, there was obviously a lot of stuff sort of going on at the time, you know, with cars, et cetera. And, but there was no real hard feelings between Chicky and I. I was going to ask that. It you? wasn't anything that was ongoing. It was, you know, it was just something that happened, you know, a bit of spur of the moment. You know, Chicky thought I was a bit of a copper, and, you know, telling everyone. Everyone. I said, mate, come on, if I'm the copper, please. But uh, anyway. Both, and both strong personalities at the time as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, you know, wouldn't, ego, wouldn't down egos in football clubs, etc., and all that sort so of how'd stuff. You get, so, how'd you get over it? Because I reckon you did, right? Yeah, well, Wusher, so, so we, we sat down together, we chatted, um, and then Wusher got us up in front of the group, and we both got up and we apologised to the group, said, listen, you know, this is not something that's going to um, you know, derail the footy club or anything like that. We've apologised. and you know, I remember Whoosh, and then like it was a bit awkward. It was a bit awkward, you know. So, and then Whoosh, he sits there and he goes, "So who won the fight?" <laughs> so, and I'm looking at Chicky, and he's looking at me, and sort of, you know, a bit sheepish, you know, tail between our legs. And then none of us answered the question. And Whoosh said, "Well, judging by the fact there's no bruises on both ears, it must have been a pretty shit fight." <laughs> <laughs> so, <everybody, laughs> so uh, yeah, it made a bit of a light out of a, uh, you know. Uh, a situation that um, I do uh, I do regret that it happened. Yeah, no doubt. But uh, you live and you learn, don't you? Yeah, that's And right. you'd be looking yeah. at, being in the media now, you'd see things that happen. And given you've been through similar things, yeah. or you, you would you would look back and yeah. regret it. But, I mean, it happens. It, it happens a lot. In football clubs, there's always um, you know things going on between players. You're not always best mates. But the one thing is you do respect your teammates. And, and Daniel Chick and I 
Um, and whilst we're not you know, best friends or anything like that, and I haven't seen Chicky for a while, like we're premiership teammates, and we're always going to have something, you know, that um, that we hold together really closely, and and the role that he played for us. So I, I spoke about being a really young team, West Coast. He was that strong physical presence yeah. that we needed, and you know, again, he was so tough, you know, across half back for us, and we all talk about the smother he did in that grand final. That's it for another Backchat off-season episode. Backchat double underscore on socials. You can follow us at backchatpodcast.com.au. Send us an email. We're still receiving those. Hello at backchatpodcast.com.au. Thanks to our sponsors, Whippersnapper Whiskey, Margaret River Roasting Co., Blue Bet, Shelter Brewing Co., Leadable Cameras. We'll be back soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 